Hello, and welcome back to the third episode of Maximoff Overdrive. I'm Lisa Schmeiser, and with me are Kelly Gamont and Don Melton, and we are here to lose our minds with joy, confusion, fear, terror, and other fun emotions as we dissect WandaVision, the show on Disney+. Hi, guys! Hi! Hi All right. Um, are we ready to get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Did we, spend, did we spend this whole past weekend watching 1980s show sequences on YouTube to see where all the homages were coming from? Or was <laughs> that Jenny? I know I I did watch some, um, uh-huh. but also those were sort of my my formative television viewing years. Like what I was most looking forward to was the stuff that's like from the era where I grew up watching a lot of shows, you know, in that particular vintage mm-hmm. of television. For mm-hmm. me, this was the, uh, the 80s were the area era where uh, I was in uh, college. I was in my first big time job. And so I didn't actually have a lot of continuity with these, sh- mm-hmm. these shows, which will remain nameless for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, uh, I was familiar with them. So it didn't hit me as much as the, three uh previous decades but uh but i can certainly uh sympathize there yeah See, oh by the way this is we're doing this on the we are doing this on the fifth episode right yes the we're fifth, we're doing this on the fifth episode of very which is with a the very special name episode. ever by the way yeah, yes so the reason i brought this up is um i may or may not have mentioned this on other podcasts i feel like i i tell this to everybody but um, I grew up in a house where we were allowed a half hour of television a day. And if you wanted more, you had to read for it. And I always got distracted reading and never actually watched television. And then unfortunately or unfortunately as the case may be, I got to middle school and started, you know, reading Vonnegut and all that other, Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so counterculture. Uh, <laughs> and um, went through a serious kill your television phase. And the upshot is I didn't watch any live television or any shows on television I should say, I didn't watch any broadcast television from, I want to say, 1979 to 1993. Okay. So, like, I missed the entire 80s. Um, A thing that my husband is perpetually delighted and baffled by. So, like, when we watched, when he did Summer of Magnum, another incomparable podcast. Yes. All of it was new to me. I was like, this stuff actually went on the air. And he was like, oh, 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 this is amazing. (laughs) So, um. I, yeah, this is my you, sweet spot, like yeah, yeah. right here, the '80s '90s sitcom. Yeah, that's my jam. So yeah. I went on YouTube to to make sure because when the credits came, and we'll talk about this minute when the credits came out, I was like, I think I know that credit sequence just from like <laughs> sleepovers, sleepovers with girlfriends and things like that, where, where you know, like yeah. they're they're infinitely less strict parents who are like, oh, you can watch this. Go ahead. Um, so there's that. But before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, let's get to the recap segment first. Um, yes. Okay, gentle listeners, every week I ask Kelly and Don, would you like to do the recaps? And every week they laugh and laugh and oh. No, 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 (laughs) no. So it falls to me to do the recap yet again. Um, So. Because we are both pretty secure in our belief that you are the party that will by far excel in this particular arena where neither one of us are going to make it to the end. See, yeah, I'm a yeah, sucker yeah. for compliments. So we'll just Lisa, you are without a doubt the best at this that I've I've ever been on a show with. <laughs> you haven't been on a show with that many people, have you? <laughs> okay. No, it's me. He means me. <laughs> yes. Flattery. Yes. And we always just it's... go, what happened? Oh, my God. And then we're off to the races. All right. Well, since flattery will take you anywhere, um, let's let's take you to the recap. I'm going to get started. Actually, let me let me... Wait, wait, let me recap. Let me recap the recap. So we've recapped the fact that we know Wanda, Wanda can mess with reality. We figured that out because Monica's insights are no longer showing up on anything. And um, her, her, her fabulous 1970s outfit used to be Kevlar. When we go to the briefing, we find out the following. One, um, approximately nine days earlier, Wanda had broken into a secure sword facility where a bunch of goons had been spending the last five years playing with Vision's dead body parts in direct violation of his living will. We also find out that Hayes is intent on positioning Wanda as a terrorist, much to the displeasure and disagreement of Wu, who is, of course, backed up by Darcy. <laughs> Yeah. Mostly for mostly for personal uh, reasons on her that's part. Dr. Lewis. 
Yep. And he is treat so so anyway, Hayes is Hayes is now treating Wanda like a terrorist. He's decided she's a terrorist. Monica mm-hmm. objects and says, no, the whole point to terrorists are they're doing it for political reasons. Wanda's reasons, whatever they are, are personal. How does she know this? Because when she got zapped into the hex, she said she felt pain, but she said she also felt an overwhelming sense of grief amplifying everything, and that Wanda's emotions permeate every aspect of the hex. Annie Hoodle, this is where we get to. Hayes wants to surveil Wanda. They're up to the 1980s in the sitcom continuum. Monica gets the bright idea to send in a 1980s drone spycraft because this way the technology will not be warped. She is piloting it. Things are looking good, despite the janky 1980s technology. Except, except, except. Turns out Hayes had armed the drone without telling Monica. Um, Fabulous. Yeah. And the next few scenes illustrate why communication is so important in the chain of command up and down the office. Because Wanda comes out of the hex. She's dressed like the Scarlet Witch ready for battle. Long, glorious red hair again. Sokovian accent in full force sends the smoking drone at everybody and is like, leave me alone, stay out of my home. Um, Hayes has all his goons trained to shoot her. Wanda hijacks their brains, trains the goons on him, and because he's a coward, he's like, okay, 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 lets her go back inside the hex. So we have more valuable intel, namely, Wanda seems to be pretty happy in there. Yeah. As for what goes on inside the hex, we're up to the 80s after a fabulous (laughs) we're up to the 80s um, the twins are, of course, crying because you can't have sitcom babies without them crying. Um, after, yeah. Yes, after what is meant to be a comedic scene where Auntie Agnes comes over before Jazzercise, um, she seemingly, quote unquote, breaks on camera. And um, there's a weird and awkward moment where Vision is like, okay, what just happened here? And Agnes is all, okay, I'll just start the scene again. And Mon is like, <laughs> And long story short, all three of them know it's weird. None of them are going to talk to each other about this. No. Wanda manages to get the sitcom plot back on track, except, boom, the kids have aged themselves up to age five. Smash cut to Agnes sitting on the counter drinking, and she's all, kids, you can't control them, no matter how much you might want to. Over the rest of the episode, the kids age themselves up again to be the, to, to, to be old enough to take care of a puppy. Then it turns out the puppy, which was an adorable foundling, eats too many of the leaves off of Auntie Agnes's bushes. So there's a very special episode about how sometimes puppies die and they have to be buried. And even though your mom's like a creepy great witch, she will not raise the dead. Pause here for knowing laughter from everybody in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Wanda tells everybody they have to live with that. They, they have to live with loss and you have to live with your feelings even when you want to escape them. Um, <laughs> then Wanda goes home and proves herself to be a big fat hypocrite because she has a fight with Vision where she gets so mad at him she starts rolling the credits to try and shut him up. But he's not having an, uh, any of it and he keeps pestering her about the logical holes they see in the world. Like why does Agnes come to propel things along? Where are all of the other children? Why is she acting so strangely? What's going on? Wanda is saved by the bell here. Again. (laughs) Reference a little early, actually. Wanda is saved by the bell because there's a guest at the door. When she opens it, we see the back of a silver head. Wanda's in shock. Could it be? Could it be the dead Pietro? Oh, it's a Quicksilver. (laughs) (laughs) and the camera reveals evan peters who plays peter in the fox x-men movies and is my favorite cinematic quicksilver uh readers listeners i screamed i screamed in joy i'm not gonna lie but end of the end of very special episode has wanda hugging her brother who does not look like her brother but says he's her brother while vision wonders what in the heck just happened and darcy lewis asks incredulously she recast pietro Pietro? and that is where we landed (laughs) Uh, did you mention the visions thing with Norm in the office? Oh, I did not because, mm. and I should have, because that was magnificently creepy. Um, Darcy also figured out a way to contact Vision in his office by sending him an email. And when Vision and Norm start to read the email, everybody in the office immediately begins reciting in unison what the email is. It's yeah. very, very similar to the for the children moment in episode two. Yeah. yeah it's- it's creepy AF, as they say. Yeah. And then when they get to the end of the message, they all just sort of 
chuckle to themselves and go back to whatever sort of background conversations they were having. The important part is what vision does to norm. Yeah. Oh, ah, that's true. That's right. Yes. That's right. All right. Um, all right. So we've left out two relevant detail. I've left out. What is this wee business? <laughs> I did this by myself. Um, <laughs> I've left out two relevant parts in the recap. One is that vision using is it the vision in the hex is able to use the mind stone to access Norm's quote unquote submerged personality, his real one. Remember, his name isn't Norm. Um, I regret to say, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but the upshot is this dude is flat panicking because he's been trapped inside his own skull. He's terribly worried about his sick dad. His sister's taking care of him. He needs to reach out to her. He freaks out to the point where Vision's like, okay, fine. Mind zaps him again just to calm him down. He's troubled by this though, because he now realizes that he's living in a town where he's surrounded by people who either advance a plot or are under some sort of terrible compulsion, everyone except him. Who are all in this same norm situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where the undercurrent is, I'm scared, I'm alone, I'm mm -hmm. freaked out, it's painful to be here, all I want in life is to leave and I don't get an yeah. opportunity and the reason I cannot is married to you. What the fellow norm, when he's unveiled to his real mind he says she's doing it she's doing she he doesn't never, know Wanda's doing never it. mentions who she, she is. is that's true he so never says yeah and name. when we get to when we get to the segment that's kelly's home for crackpot theories i will advance my Ooh, crackpot yes. theory on this mm -hmm. but the second thing that i want to bring up that i forgot to bring up in the first recap run through is that the episode begins with wanda trying to quiet the babies and she tries to do her magic to make them stop crying and they're incredibly resistant to it both times mm. and then um the kids bop up to age five and we go over to agnes is all kids you just can't control them no matter how you try and then when they ask where their dad is um wanda's like oh he's at the office and they're like but it's saturday and she goes no it's not it's monday and they're like no it was saturday this morning it is still today yeah and cut to wanda looking like oh they won't just believe what i say when i say it mm-hmm and so I, and so it looks like we're getting a suggestion that Wanda can't control her kids, like the same way she controls everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so. by the way, when mm -hmm. Wanda drags the drone outside the perimeter, mm -hmm. outside the hex, it's night again. Yeah. So everything seems to be flopped around there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a definite um, disconnect between between the uh, between the time cycles inside and outside the hex. So. We've covered the recap. We've covered the bonus footnotes that got appended to the recap. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's absolutely, it's important though, because we're about to head into what we loved about the episode and why. And um, I think there's a lot of creepy or interesting things to like or love about it. And um, Don, I want to start with you. What did you like or love about this episode and why? Um, well, I did love the 80s vibe. I, I mean, I, I did see enough of those shows to get a lot of the jokes, like kiss the cook on the counter in almost exactly the same position as the show. Uh, and the credits and the credits music, uh, the credits, seeing baby vision is something that is forever etched <laughs> in my mind. I, just, so I did love that. Uh, and so, you know, and just the, the wackiness of that, they, they mm -hmm. got the tone of the 80s shows, the intros and everything just pitch perfect. They got the, uh, the, uh, the laugh track and everything uh, perfect. And when they stopped the laugh track and they stopped all sound, they mm -hmm. were using it to its utmost for mm -hmm. uh, emphasizing there's something awkward and wrong here. They did it multiple times in the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I thought that was just great because they, they are doing this dance back and forth between homage parody of old TV and creepy AF mm -hmm. horror show, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I also thought the thing where um, uh, Wanda steps out of the hex and she's in full MCU uh, Wanda clothes, like you said, and she's she's gone full Sokovian there. Mm -hmm. Woof. I mean, they know how, you know, to crank up uh, the threat. 
also loved, like, I think it was Kelly, you said you'd watch a, a show with uh, Jimmy and Darcy. Yes. Anytime. Oh, God. I think this was the pilot episode, right? Yeah. So, I feel like uh, it was. Yeah. I want to jump in that the interesting thing that I think the MCU continues to do, and I don't, like, I've mentioned this before, and I don't remember if it was with you two or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel is really good at giving us full characters, regardless of how much space they take up in the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they start out by painting in broad strokes, you know, so that we have an idea of just exactly who the acting director of S.W.O.R.D. is, like, as mm-hmm. a personality type. But a whole show about him would hold up. Yep. Like, I can tell we're being led down the road of uh, Dr. Lewis and uh, Jimmy and Monica have teamed mm-hmm. up because they're, like, our buddies and they're, like, our mm-hmm. way into the episodes all the time. And so, like, the three of them are going to team up against, you know, this dude and, and like, him and his secret agenda because he's one of these, like, we got to blow up the things we don't understand people. <laughs> we know enough about them and they're three-dimensional already and i and that's a thing that i have very much enjoyed that the mcu has been good at doing over time i think what i really liked about this episode is um how much misdirection and magician's trickery there is in it yeah um um, you know because i keep thinking about um i rethought my appraisal of dotty after watching this episode because um you know when you have uh norm surfacing and he's like she's in my head and this is terrible and this is awful. Um, I flashed back to the sequence in episode two where we hear agent Wu over the radio, Wanda, Wanda, who's doing this to you. And Wanda gets confused and looks over. Mm. And um, for a moment there, Dottie is, is terrified. And she's like, who is that? And um, then remember there's that thing where Dottie shifted back and she's like, pop quiz, Wanda. How does a woman get blood out of, how does a housewife get blood out of a tablecloth? She does it herself. And now what I'm wondering is how much of this is Dottie trying to get out from underneath whatever Wanda's putting down. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'm thinking that Dottie might be the the she here, the one that's really pulling the strings. You think Dottie uh, is? I think it, oh, yeah, I don't. I think it's Dottie or Agnes. I think it's I Agnes. To, um, to move into the... Um... <laughs> because let me go back to my, yeah. my uh-huh. thing we okay. did. I said in the first show is you don't hire Emma Caulfield oh, no. to no, play no. A, a waif, a, a timid woman. No. She, no, you, you hire Absolutely her not. to play Beelzebub. Right, <laughs> but I don't... But like, you know, when we talked about it at the time, I said that 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 particular scene was going to end up being important and we weren't sure why. And today, uh, as I was watching it and thinking about it, what occurred to me was um, whoever Dottie is, she's under the impression that Wanda's running everything. And so when the radio confuses Wanda, that's what's freaking Dottie out. Dottie's reacting to Wanda not knowing what's going on with the radio. It's not that she's like that's what it is that's freaking her out because she's under the impression that like you know I'm I have sure this rep of running everything. Well, I I'm going to be totally need, wrong about I, it I, later. I think Dawn, we need to start know. a sequence called "What the heck is up with Agnes?" Because um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> because the thing is, I don't think we would have paid that much attention to Dottie if Agnes hadn't gone uh-uh. out of her way to try to antagonize Wanda against Dottie. Right. Which is what she does in um, the second episode where she says, remember, Dottie is the key to this town. Mm -hmm. Um, And at first I thought that meant, okay, maybe Dottie's pulling strings or maybe Dottie is the reason why Wanda's attracted to this town somehow. Maybe Dottie was actually like a sword scientist and um, Wanda came because she's got like her dead boyfriend's body and is all, okay, you know, attach the jumper cable scientist lady who knows um <laughs> i feel like it's becoming more and more obvious with every episode that agnes is either taking advantage of this whole thing or she is um moving it along to her predetermined endpoint and the reason i say that is 
she has always triggered very nearly every single plot progression in the Mm -hmm. show. And what's more, she's done that while also introducing vision to the idea that things are not normal. And I honestly think that when she broke in the episode and was like, okay, do you just want me to do that again? In like a completely different voice with different body language and all of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like she did that on purpose because it serves to drive a wedge between vision and Wanda and that's going to be useful to her later. So I want to um, dabble in the next round now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there, I, I think what, well, okay. I know that what I have read a lot in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. is that Agnes could be Agatha. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, Don, I would like to find out a little bit about this character. If Don, you this is to your know. chance to shine. If you know about Agatha Harkness, what what can you tell us uh, about her? Well, she's a uh, she's a big time witch, mm-hmm. uh, and she uh, I think in one series of the comics was actually uh, the Scar uh, the Scarlet Witch's mentor. Uh, and uh, other than that, this was a long time ago when I read. I mean, we're I oh, think yeah. the first time she appeared was like in the 70s. So, okay. Uh, Coincidentally, that's also the first time I appeared. Yes, 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 it was. And uh, so uh, I know that she's I- important. And I also know that, you know, how um, the reason why I think she's Agatha Harkness is this thing is Agatha Harkness. The reason why I think Agnes is Agatha Harkness is in all of the renderings of Agatha Harkness in the comics, she always has this pens or pendant thing, this like mm-hmm. cameo thing that she wears. Oh, <gasps> wow. And Agnes is wearing that all the time. Okay. So my daughter went back um, and watched every episode to see if Agnes had it on in each one. Cause I was like, Oh, I think she's got the cameo again. And she's like, really? And went oh. back and, and we were like, every episode <laughs> she's, she's wearing it in some iteration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in okay. Dollars of Donuts, she's Agatha Harkness, which means that if you talk about, you know, the nine square grid alignment, yes, you know, good, evil, mm-hmm. you know, all that other kind of stuff. Agatha Harkness is not necessarily a, a good person or a bad person. It, it's kind of like funky in the mind. So neutral? is she chaotic neutral? Uh, she's kind of chaotic neutral. Yeah. 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 And okay. so, uh, are you laughing because we both asked that Kelly? Yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. I, I was going to make that, but y- you know exactly the grid I'm talking about, Yeah. which is why I think the big bad here is actually going to turn out to be Dottie because I really think who Dottie is, mm-hmm. is Mephisto. You think okay. Daddy is Mephisto. Hmm. So, so let's talk about Mephisto for a minute. Yes. Tell us who Mephisto from, is. And from the comics. Basically yeah. Satan oh. <laughs> in, the, in the Marvel Universe. And, oh. uh, so, so Don, I have, I have a small not... theological question about the Marvel Universe before we go yes. any further. Has Jesus appeared in the Marvel Universe then? Uh, not that I recall. No? But there's so a... we've had Satan explicitly appear, but not Jesus. Yeah. Well, you know, religion is weird in comics. But yeah. here's a good reason to think <laughs> that had Mephisto will not, I mean, that Mephisto won't be the big bad because you you got to be careful if you want to be able to play this show in China. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Chinese censors would probably smack that down. But then again, some of the stuff that's already been on the show, I'm sure it's not going to they're not going to the show on the big screen in Beijing either. Don't they so, have pretty serious cultural edicts against ghosts yeah. and the undead? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're already talking about Vision being kind of a non-starter. Because right. if what we saw in this episode, plus Wanda's brief nightmarish, nightmarish flash of, of you know Vision in the 1970s episode, yeah. suggests it's that she reassembled Vision's five years dead body. Mm-hmm. And has somehow reanimated it and managed to overlay a personality onto it. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. have sex with it in the second episode. Oh, zombie synthesoid <laughs> going on. Oh, wow. Uh, vibranium synthesoid. Wasn't that what we ended up calling him in this yeah, episode? Yeah, vibranium synthesoid. Um, so, zombie vibranium synthesoid now. Oi. <laughs> but, 
But the, the key thing is... That's is, an excellent password, Lisa. Okay. But, yeah. but whether it's Mephisto or not is the big thing is the big cameo at the end, Evan Peters, mm-hmm. as Quicksilver. Yes. <laughs> because you have to ask yourself, is this just Kevin Fahey and crew being hysterically funny, you know, for the fans? This is kicking open the door to Deadpool who, is what this is. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> Whether it's a joke for them. Really? Or... Oh, my God. No, I'm still back at, like, maybe we'll see Deadpool in the middle no, of all of this. Did you guys hey, see Deadpool 2? You never know. Of course you I did. Know, you, you saw Deadpool, Deadpool yes. 2, right? Where he goes to the X-Mansion, and there's that hilarious shot yes. of, like, all of the X-Men standing stock still hoping that Deadpool yeah. won't notice they're in the room. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like the idea of this show ending with like an empty deserted village inside the hex with like a newspaper blowing around. <laughs> and then all you see are like Deadpool's booted feet and Ryan Reynolds going, guys, where's the guys. party? <laughs> guys. I, um, I, 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 I can okay, totally so... ship that. But, but the thing is, uh-huh. you know, Disney owns Fox now, right? Yeah. So they've yes. got to purge this stuff in somehow. And so we do know you think... that the next Doc Strange movie mm-hmm. The Scarlet Witch is going to be in that. Yes. You know? This is supposed to lead right into that, I think, was part of the pitch. Yeah. Was that the, the events of WandaVision are going to run right up against the second Doctor Strange movie. If my... It's called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. So, yes. and so, so multiverse... Here's I, our I multiverse. But there's an important mm-hmm. thing to remember that I found out day before yesterday that I didn't uh-huh. realize is that I the new... Uh, I think it is the new Spider-Man film. Is yes. actually coming out before Doctor Strange. Okay. And it looks like there's going to be a multiverse vibe to that. And this is the live action Spider-Man, you know. With yeah. yeah, we've heard rumblings about this one also being yeah. a real life a real life Spider-Verse like the animated one. I actually got really stupid excited about one of the pieces of um, quote unquote news reported, which is that. Um, Charlie, oh, what the heck is his last name? Um, the guy who plays, um, guy who plays Daredevil, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox, yes. Report, Cox. So the reason I'm excited about that is because what this means is that for season two, we find out that Doctor Lewis has a has like a group chat with Jessica Jones and a few <laughs> other people. And I just that want be- that show. I just want that show where they're always like texting each other brutal put downs about Danny Rand. And um... <gasps> I love this so much. I I want to sit in the back of the bus with the two of them now, very, very, very much. Do you know what you two have done here? We've, We've completely melted the portion of your brain. Even if they don't do that, you've just created a whole new wave of fan fiction. I hope you're happy with yourselves. I don't oh, have yes. to read anything. I'm just putting it out there for the universe. I look up. forward to reading it. So yeah. if you write some, please contact the show. Um, <laughs> I if you, if you do, can you please do it so it's like text bubbles and we can just see the texts? I just want to see screenshots of the texting yeah. between the two of them. That <laughs> yeah. would be the greatest. I, I would um, totally watch that show. Again. So Don, I, you have Don, you have successfully persuaded me that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Um. I am about. I, I, I'm just. I'm just running that one down my leg. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I am about halfway persuaded to thinking that Agatha Harkness, aka Agnes, is in some sort of chess match with Dottie. Although I still feel like there's some sort of weird, mindy, controlling, sinking thing going on um, with the for the children from episode it two. At, yeah. Yeah. I. I think that I'm reasonably convinced mm-hmm. that Agnes. Agatha Harkness, Agnes, that Agnes and Dottie are mm-hmm. working at cross purposes. Yeah. Now, that's part of why we really never saw the two of them together, like just the once briefly, and that was it. And I think that's why, is because I think each of them is pursuing their own agenda in whatever this is that's happening mm-hmm. uh, within the world. Like, you know, maybe Dottie is part of the the hydra unit that is helping wanda you know they've been whispering in her ear this whole time and they convinced her to bring vision to them and that somehow they would help her the commercial we got this time was lagos oh, which is oh where... my god yes oh wasn't okay that who else screamed with excitement who else screamed with excitement when you saw lagos for when you have to clean up messes you didn't mean to you make didn't mean to make and yeah. 
That's I what I love just... about the detail in this show. Uh -huh. I, I mean, you you basically have to have the entire MCU in your head to get a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and the comics. Oh, by the way, something I forgot to tell you about Agatha Harkness. She first appeared in the Fantastic Four. Okay, mm -hmm. that was going to be my so, next question. So <laughs> Disney Plus also owns the Fantastic Four right now. Now. So I'm thinking... Mm, Maybe that's going to be a, a tie-in. Something I forgot to mention, you know, I said she was a powerful witch. She's like hundreds of years old in the mm -hmm. comics because she was at the Salem Witch Trials. Oh. Okay. So, just so you okay. know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, um, mm -hmm. now, did, was was Mephisto also, like, was he up against, like, the Fantastic Four mostly? Or did we see him in other stuff? Uh, like, I don't know. So... Does he hang out with Dormammu, or is this just a completely uh, different? That's a. Uh, I, I think that's a. That's a. Uh, that's a different like, kind of thing. Uh, I think. Did Mephisto go up was, against Thor at one point? I feel like I read that. I don't remember him up against Thor, but it wouldn't surprise me having to do with uh, Asgard. But he first came up related to the Fantastic Four because it was, uh, I believe, the Silver Surfer. Okay. Right, because he uh, Mephisto was a creation of John Bashama. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, and he somehow, I, my memory, you know, this is like 30, it's 40 all... years ago for me. Uh, I yeah. remember him being involved somehow with uh, uh, Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange. Okay. Uh, somehow, so... Okay. And oh, I believe he also worked in tandem with Thanos. Also oh. not surprising. Yeah. So Oh, worked uh, in tandem with Thanos, you say. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> as I recall. Mm -hmm. Or okay. as my daughter puts it, that, that peaceful retiree who just wanted the garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or as you called him the snap lady, which is still the funniest thing. <laughs> oh goodness i can't i i will never get over that that was just amazing. Right. anyway i think our delusional consensus is that agnes is agatha harkness yes she's working at cross purposes to dotty dotty is more powerful than we've been given to understand in yep. her in the previous episodes and the rationale for dotty being more powerful than we've been given to understand comes down to two things one she is one of the few people in town who has not been forcibly ejected through the hex or named Agnes, who has been able to call out Wanda on her monkey shines and not be instantly brainwashed. And um, two, as Don puts it, you don't cast Emma Caulfield if you're just looking for a wilting lily. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So here's one thing I want to talk about. Um, where are the kids? Uh-huh. Because, you know, we had the, we had like the little moment of weirdness in episode two, where there is one fundraiser for the school PTA, no house children, no detritus um, indicating that children live anywhere and people creepily chanting for the children. Um, and then in this episode, we have Billy and Tommy who go from being babies to being five-year-olds to being 10-year-olds. But as Vision notes, no one is ever playing on playgrounds when he walks to work in the morning. And um, Billy and Tommy don't appear to have anything resembling friends. They don't appear to even need or want friends. And um, Agnes points out, you can't control kids. And we see several examples of this. So what I'm wondering is, did somebody get the kids the heck out of Westview before the hex came slamming down? Or are people being held hostage because they want to see their kids again? Or what's going on here? I is think that... the children are likely imprisoned. Yeah. Is Dottie like the champion of Westview? Like she got everybody out in time and that's why her and Wanda or have a chill relationship. Or is Dottie holding everyone hostage? For or... the kids? Yeah. Because um... if Agnes is busy saying you can't control kids. Like, like the question is, is someone took them off the board because they are an X factor that cannot be manipulated during whatever magical brinksmanship is going on here. So, right? so oh, who did and why? Well, so Dawn, you said that in some timelines, the, the Scarlet Witch is uh, mentored by Agatha Harkness, right? Yeah. So, she's looked after and 
Yeah. Okay, so if this is so, maybe this is Agnes looking out for Wanda in this case, and uh, you know, by pointing this stuff out and trying to put her down the road so that she does go up against Dottie, whoever Dottie may be, and that yeah. it, it is Dottie who's kind of the big bad, yeah. you know, uh, and not that, just that... in a garden party type of way, which is a pretty brutal way, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But perhaps in a more existential fashion, that's who who Dottie is. Oh yeah, that that that's what my thinking is right now because mm-hmm. one of the reasons is is that director Hayward, who's obviously uh, a big time jackal uh, as uh, acting director of Sword, uh, thinks Wanda's the big bad, mm-hmm. and. Our heroes are the people that we like think mm-hmm. something's going on with Wanda and she's yeah. dangerous, but she's not necessarily the big bad. Yeah. Right. So my what thinking is, is that you, yeah, you don't what? want, you know, we don't want Dr. Lewis, uh, uh, Agent uh, Wu uh, or Captain uh, Rambo to be wrong. Right. Right. So, That's correct. Yeah. So I'm thinking that all this stuff about, Wanda and Vision asking all these questions and worrying about this stuff mm-hmm. is is misdirection. I mean, we're supposed to be thinking that Wanda is the bi- uh, the big bad because yeah. it, this is nine episodes. This is episode yeah. five right now. Yeah, you know, if you look at any um, uh, any diagram of a story, this is exactly where we should be you know, mm-hmm. uh, at just past the half halfway point about mm-hmm. being confused as to what's going on. Yeah. Right. I think Wu, Lewis, and Rambo have to be wrong about something small so that they yes. don't trust their judgment going in. Right. And then do the leap of faith on something big. A, because that's storytelling cliche, especially in the Marvel verse. Yes. And B, because they're audience surrogates and we're meant to go along on this ride too. And yeah, they're they're totally yeah. the audience surrogates. Absolutely. And, and right now, what this show is teaching us is that Wanda is not trustworthy and may possibly be feared. And it's teaching us by withholding a lot of information and a lot of contradictory stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, you look at the you listen to the fight that Wanda has with Vision at the end of the episode. And by yeah. the way, what a great move to just be like, all right, I'm playing the credits now. I don't want this fight. Yes. <laughs> We're not fighting. La la la. I'm off to bed. Roll but the credits. She points out, she's like, I don't know how this started. I'm not in charge of everybody. You think I'm the one getting them to their dental appointments, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And um she's not a liar. She's a mis she she misdirects like crazy and she and she deflects and she distracts, but she's never lied. Mm-hmm. And she's and, obviously in a lot of pain. And, yes. she's re- and she's also pretty confused about things. Because um, yeah. remember, in the first episode, she realizes she can't remember how she and Vision met. She realizes that they don't have an anniversary. They're an unusual couple. They didn't have rings, but they were dropped into this thing. And there's yep. hints in every single episode that Wanda likes this fantasy and it's comfortable and it gives her an illusion of normalcy and completeness and power. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons she doesn't examine it too closely is because like the scenes will start to show. Yep. And what I wonder is if somebody's actually, we know that Agnes wants the scenes to show. Yes. And we know that Agnes actually drops truth bombs and pretends that she didn't like, she did vision before with, Oh, and, 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 you know, she hinted to vision that Geraldine doesn't belong here. And um, yeah. And then this time around, she tells Wanda kids can't be controlled and she deliberately breaks the scene so that Vision can get suspicious. So we know that Agnes is trying to push them out of the fantasy of the daydream. I still think Wanda is being um, manipulated somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think she was being manipulated from the moment she went to grab Vision's body, to be frank. Mm-hmm. And um, the... I think she's been manipulated into doing something that maybe she felt she wanted to do. Like this will get you back with vision. Yeah. So it's sort of the, the, the unholy alliance that I mentioned in the first episode. Like, I well, think I guess the, the question I have is, is they had five years to build up all of these different security apparatus and they had visions, body and so on and so forth. And you're telling me nobody who like 
like war games and disaster plans for living was like, wow, when his grief stricken witch girlfriend comes back from the dead, maybe we should think about how she could take us all out. And then, you know, I mean, isn't it, isn't, aren't the first two letters of swords sentient weapon? The other thing, like, well, they're clearly yeah. trying to turn vision into a weapon. The other thing I keep thinking is like, why was no one who's Avengers or Avengers adjacent keeping an eye on Wanda for a week or two? This is the thing I've been wondering about. Like, you know, I, I think I went through this in an earlier episode when you list all the people she'd lost in an incredibly short amount of time. Yeah. And so um, many. And like what should have happened is like she should have just gotten on a plane and gone back to Clint's farm and she and Laura could have sat on the back porch and made fun of his hair while it was growing out and like psychologically healed that way. Yes. And instead they're like, oh, well, you lost your surrogate big brother figure with Steve and you lost your surrogate big sister figure with with, um, Black Widow. Your boyfriend Mm -hmm. is still dead somewhere. And, um, well, and I don't brother. think going home with Clint was necessarily something that Clint wanted either because yeah, he's been true. five years away from his whole family. He obviously went insane. Yeah. He's still yeah. dealing with the grief and the guilt of the death yeah. of the I, black I was, widow. Yeah. I was hoping I, I mean, he would they, just for the foundling thing. And also because yeah, those yeah. two actors but, have hella chemistry. Like not, but, not like romantic chemistry, the, but like good scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look at the Avengers. Those are some screwed up people. Yeah, you don't put on a costume and hit people if you're well adjusted. only sane one. Also, what's going on Mm -hmm. with Captain Rambo and Captain Marvel there? Yeah. Yeah. You remember that little interlude there? I think what we're going to find out in Captain Marvel 2 whenever that comes out, I think it's 2022, is that while Monica's growing up, the, the part that we didn't see, mm-hmm. there's some bad blood with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel must have went on a tear and pissed off a lot of people. Mm. You know? So I just, I just like my headcanon on that was that um, uh, she just sort of felt like nobody wanted to talk to her unless it was about Captain Marvel. And so she's gotten that for a long time. And just didn't want to anymore. So I just sort of took it as like or maybe, that because I don't have anything else is like, you know, et, nobody mm. ever wants to talk to Monica unless it's about Captain Marvel. So she mm. wasn't she wasn't having that when they were trying to have that conversation. But I want to know who it was she was going to call. Who's the astro? Was it an astrophysicist? Who's the engineer? Uh, the engineer. Like, I know. I know somebody. I think it's Reed Richards. Oh. <gasps> I think it's possibly Reed Richards, yeah. yeah. Ooh. I mean, I hope it's not Miles Teller as Reed Richards, but I think I had, I had I think no, could be no remember her crawl friend that she made. Yeah. They could also be a crawl friend. So so there's there's that possibility. <gasps> I think that the reason Monica doesn't like talking about Captain Marvel is because Captain Marvel took up a lot of her mom's emotional space and she was probably super angry that where were you when my mom was dying? But she, well, but she doesn't know because I don't, we don't know how much she knows about when her mom died. Yeah. And we also like the thing, the thing we hear the most prominently Mm -hmm. when Monica is unsnapped Mm -hmm. is um, Lieutenant Trouble. I think that, I think think that's meant to establish who this grown woman is and why you should care about her. Oh, no, no, no. They, They don't, they don't run that scene for without a reason. This is mm-hmm. Marvel. I mean, they they play. This is another. We're going to find out. Chess here. I think. I think yeah. she feels betrayed by. I think she feels betrayed by Carol. She feels betrayed and abandoned by Carol, and that's why she doesn't want to talk yeah. about her is because so, she's hurt. You, know what, you want to know what my theory about that is? Uh huh. Yes. I think Captain Marvel is responsible for her mom's cancer. Mm. Oh. That's where my head cannon was at. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's I think why that's Monica got sick because she went into space and the, 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 what is it? The cube? The if Tesseract? Gonna, if I was going to write tesseract. a story, and if you're going to write a story and populate it with really interesting characters, what you have to make sure to do is torment them. Mm. And so what would be a wedge you could put between those three people? Yep, that there it is. Be, that would be one of them. It's the Tesseract. Didn't it didn't it bother other people? Am I remembering that badly from one of the like 97 MCU entertainment units that we've 
been given low these many years? So I have to admit, I, I tapped out of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really early on. So if there's more backstory there, like... If it was like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I didn't see it either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I only um, saw the first three seasons yeah, of Agents so, of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, so what this what this shows meant... What, to to boom, reel it back just a minute, though, what WandaVision is clearly meant to do is to launch us into both um, Captain Marvel 2 and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yes. And I think we've established that um, Evan Peters showing up as Pietro um, is meant to open the door to the possibility that we're going to start seeing mutants in the MCU. Yep. But are we? I mean, well, okay. And the reason I say that is because... It's lucrative. (laughs) Well, the reason I say that is because I don't... I don't know anything about the deal. I don't know anything about how they're pulling this off. But part of the reason that we got Wanda and Pietro as experiments of a crazy Hydra guy is because they couldn't be mutants. Because if well, they were going to use the properties, they couldn't well, use... Once, you, once you've got a multiverse, you can have alternate explanations for how people came to be. Yeah. Well, exactly. what did they call them back then in uh, Age of Ultron? Enhanced. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but so they, they weren't. The they were not born with some particular. Yeah. Well, um, not a, not iteration, but they've already established multiverses. Yeah. Well, and, and, actually, and they them. did. They did lay the groundwork to say they were born uh, because uh, Strucker and what's the other guy? I can't remember the character's name. Mm-hmm. Said we took their natural abilities and magnified them and amplified them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. Uh, this is kind of like the, uh, uh, you know, the dead Deadpool being a mutant, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't really a mutant, but they when they did the cancer him. treatment, they of course that was in the yeah. that was in the Sony universe anyway. But hey, I do. Right, and that's and that's the thing is the 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 X Men are in that universe, and that's why the X Men get to be uni- get to be mutants in X Men movies is because those have no uh, knowledge of. That was MCU way back stuff. in the before time, but now thanks to corporate mergers and yeah, and stuff. So that's why, and, and that's access. part of why I was excited yeah. about this is because yeah. maybe this means we will get. Uh, you, it, it's not like I need there to be any more Wolverine as much as I love Wolverine. Like I don't, I just don't need there to be, maybe you know, Wolverine. Eat some bread. He hasn't done that since 1999. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I will take, I will take as much Deadpool as Ryan as Ryan Reynolds is willing to give me. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm I've always been team Deadpool. I love him very much. Uh, I I'm curious what this bit is going to mean going forward. Like, are we going to get Reed Richards? Who's part of the fantastic four. Who's also part of the universe that we, you know, dared not speak its name. Mm-hmm. Um, are we, this is, I guess we've moved on to the un- unanswered question portion of the program. Um, I, I I want to know on a larger scale what this kind of thing is going to mean because we haven't seen anything about like yeah we're making four new X Men movies and two new series and Spider Man's going to be a cartoon again or you know like we haven't seen anything that's not sort of the core MCU properties yeah. right now. They announced the Fantastic Four is being in uh, Phase Four. Yeah, yeah, the Fantastic Four is coming. Um, which is still not Quicksilver, but that was the thing that I meant. Like, I don't know how much of this I can base, like, I can't base any of this on, we heard a presentation for stockholders, the, you know, the shareholder meeting, or we heard something at D23, you know, the X-Men are coming back and the blue and yellow spandex outfit is returning and blah, blah, blah. Like, we haven't seen any of that yet. Yeah, yeah, so, but I, I mean, it's obvious. That, uh, doesn't mean we're not going there. do that because... It doesn't matter that they're blue and yellow spandex. They're covered with dollar signs, right? That's true. Obviously, they're going to do it. Oh, the Fantastic Four is easy. You do that as like a family. This is us style family drama. Um, Yeah. The the question is, though, the X-Men tend to... um, so, and I say this as somebody who loved and read the X-Men. They were like my entry drug, my my gateway drug into the rest of of, of comics fandom. Um, Like... The, th- the thing is, is you've got Charles Xavier, who's like, we would just like to not be persecuted, please. But yeah. we'll, uh, we'll always take the high road. And some of the stuff that they advocate or uh, some of the ways that they deal with the world, you're going to have to considerably recontextualize in the 21st century. Yep. And I think that's part of the problem they may be working behind the scenes. 
but I think for the purposes of this show, it's it's fun that you have two Quicksilvers, and one of them is incredibly popular, especially like on YouTube and Tumblr and the rest <laughs> of those places. And yeah. to have him show up is is basically just like throwing popcorn to the fans, going here, eat, enjoy. Well, let's yes. talk about him showing up in turn in context mm -hmm. of the story. That's what I was getting at. Yes. Let's see so that. how did this Quicksilver, mm -hmm. this mutant, how did he arrive inside the hex? Who brought him in? And or is he trying to? He's part of the show. Yeah, or is he trying to rescue Wanda Maximoff? Mm. And if he's I trying mean, to rescue Wanda Maximoff, who sent him? Because it sure as heck wasn't uh, Sword. Right. Yeah. Maybe it was Agatha. Maybe it was Agatha. I don't know mm. what kind of power she has on that sort of like interdimensional scale, but maybe um, she never mentioned. The only reason I find it curious is because Wanda's talked about Pietro with Geraldine, who, you know, yes. and she talked about him with her kids, who also uncontrollable. She's never mentioned him in context with the people in her little universe. Mm -hmm. And we haven't had, like, if, if Agnes shows up in the next episode, she's like, well, here's that brother we've all heard so much about. And Wanda looks confused. Then I'll buy into the theory that maybe Agnes is involved somehow. Okay. Um, what I'm also wondering is the word multiverse keeps clanging around. Is it possible that somebody is field testing Wanda and wants to see if she can access a multiverse? And Pietro was the test case because they found this, yeah they found a Pietro in a different universe. They're like, okay, let's see if I she can bring him over. They paved that they paved that road with. Do you have yeah. a brother, mom? Yeah. And yeah. family is forever. And yeah. lining all of that up to see what she would do. What mm. Kelly said, two hundred percent. Yes. I don't think they're. I don't think whoever is manipulating or setting up this whole scenario, be it Wanda or anybody else, I don't think they're doing a darn thing with the kids. I think the kids are are truly a chaos. Element. No, no, no. I think it was the chanting of for the children, uh, and mm -hmm. then she yeah. manifested that, and it was let's ask you about your brother a few times, and now here he is, and it's somebody Ooh. making it's it's testing, like you said, you know, testing mm -hmm. Wanda's efforts. This is the trade. Like they're turning Wanda into a weapon unbeknownst to her yeah. because the trade is you get to live in Westview. I hope I pronounced those air quotes correctly. And um, <laughs> you get to live there with vision. We are giving you your heart's desire. And all you have to do is, you know, kick open a door to another dimension here and yeah, there, maybe pluck somebody out. Vending machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's the multiverse automat. I think Kelly has has nailed it here. I'm really starting to buy this theory. <laughs> I'm sh I'm shipping with you, Kelly. All right. So that's my uh, that that's my wish for the future is that um we would f that is that we find out who Agnes is. I think that's my my more near near term what, wish. What, what, are, what about your point before the show started? My wish is we got to find out why there's nothing inside uh, Captain Rambo. Okay, so that's your wish for an upcoming episode is why for us Captain Rambo a big tube of air? Um, yes. yes. <sighs> Kelly, what was your wish? Um, I I wish to know who the two people are who have been mentioned that we mm -hmm. don't have any parameters for. I want to mm -hmm. find Agent Wu's witness mm -hmm. and I want to find uh, Monica's engineer. Ah. Mm. Mm. Because who the, who those two people are is going to be important, and I don't know why I'm 100% convinced of that, but I totally mm -hmm. am. Mm -hmm. um, nearest, I, like I think much Kelly's nearer term, I want to know about Dottie. I want to wow. know what her deal is because yeah. we've we didn't see her in the 80s, mm -hmm. and I don't think we saw her in the 70s. We did really briefly when Wanda had the lights flickering on and off. Dottie came out. And she's like, do these earrings make me look fat? Oh, and then the lights right. flickered off. And the husband's like, ooh. Yes. Her husband has the, the big, the big uh, janitor broom mustache. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yes. So we I, only saw I, her yeah. briefly in the 70s, but no 80s. So mm -hmm. I feel like she's going to come back with a vengeance in the 90s. Now that we've spent all this time building up Agatha, we're going to just shift. And we're going to get a bunch of Dottie in the next episode. And hopefully we'll find out more about her. So that's my wish. Mm, I do wonder if we're going to get more 80s, though, because that was a real, that was kind of like, it was peak, so fun. It was kind of peak family sitcom. It um, was. So, well, so I'm pretty that. sure the 90s is the, is the next shot based on the, based on the previews that we've oh, seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be all boy meets world and floppy haircuts and pleated pants and, yeah. Yeah. Ah. 
Well, I think my wish and for the Wanda next talking is directly at the camera. Yeah, which, which 90s sitcom did that? Uh, my so-called life did. Yeah. Which was not really uh, a sitcom. Not um, really. Parker Lewis Can't Lose, did that happen there? Parker Lewis Can't Lose did it a lot too, I think. Okay, all right. Yeah. So we have that. Now, my big wish is that Vision um, is that Vision is able to solve a few puzzles and figure out who mm. he's going to work with or against. Ooh, ooh. I yeah. like that wish. Yeah. We're more than halfway through, so it's time for some things to start paying off. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what we have to find out, um, to run down the list of unanswered questions, what's Agnes's deal? Why Ford did want... <laughs> Why Ford did Wanda go crazy, grab a body, and then hijack a small New Jersey town? Why Westview? What's Dottie's deal? What's up with the mailman? Why do we? Why, why is there oh, a yeah. on him coming by? Yep. Where are the kids? What's going to happen when Vision figures out like what's been going on? And who's our who's our big special guest star? And uh, there's a few other smaller nagging questions here and there. Like I'd like to find out why everybody chants in unison from time to time. Um, and I'd also like to figure out uh, who's broadcasting. Like, is it coming from Wanda's subconscious? Is it coming from Wanda's perception? But, yeah. you know, we're just going to, I, we're going to have to assume we don't get that, I don't think. What I want to know is what my wife really thinks of the next episode. Because unbeknownst to me, night before uh-huh. last, she started watching the show and catching up on all the episodes. Woo! Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? How dare you watch the show that I love? <laughs> she actually did not realize because I, I tell her I'm you know I'm going to do the podcast now. She did not know what I was podcasting about all this time. <laughs> now, well, Kelly's if you la- told her Kelly's it was me, she just presumed. She's, yeah, she's she's virtually met Alice often enough that this does not surprise her at all, right? Not even a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I. I'm I'm really like I'm still at the point where I don't know what's going on and I love it, but mm-hmm. I feel like that point is coming to an end because again we're more than halfway through. Uh, we have now five episodes. There are four left, mm-hmm. and uh, whether we have another season or not, we need to pay off some of this we need one. To start seeing some payoffs. Yeah, we um, need to start answering some oh, questions in yes, this my one. Other question is: Is what is Hayes' deal? What what is acting director Hayes' deal? Like, why did he jump so quickly to assuming mm-hmm. Wanda is hostile? And I guess yep. the other question I have is, um, why was he so eager to get rid of Monica? And he, they have some history that we need to get into somehow mm-hmm. at some point because uh, we know it's complicated, we know it's weird, we know it's awkward, and we need to get the scoop on that. And it, it could be just because he, you know, he he uh, dug his own hole because he seems like a guy who'd be pretty capable of that. Yeah. Uh, but like. There, there's more to it from the sword perspective that I feel like we haven't seen yet, and yeah, yeah, yeah we've got all this set up, super great. Oh, time for some payoff. But uh, I know we only have four more episodes, but mm-hmm. we can, of course, jump into our super uh, super bowl preview show. Yeah, mm. did everybody see the uh, uh, the Falcon and uh, uh, Bucky? So the problem is I keep calling that show the Falcon and the Snowman, which is a I, I did it with myself and my sister yesterday. So yes, yeah, I did that too. Yes, so, so it's it's a little unfortunate that we keep calling it the Falcon and the Snowman. <laughs> no, it, it looks interesting. It looks though. I, I will say, if anybody hasn't seen mm-hmm. the preview, and if you haven't, what sort of rock have you been under? Mm-hmm. Uh, is boy, does that look like a completely different show than this, uh, this one? But yeah. it's not a buddy show so before. much as it is a frenemy show, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. into and, that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I th- I think it I think it could be good. And what I I don't know is, you know, because this is Marvel we're talking about, and mm-hmm. Disney is they play the long game. Yep. So how do these shows relate to each other? And the other stuff that they have coming. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in my head, they're all like, in one way or another, the same show. I mean, the MCU has taught it, if it's, it's not taught us anything, it's that every one of these pieces is related. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the great example is that is 
when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy appeared, and you were like, well, how does this relate to the rest of the MCU? I mean, I had that yeah. argument with other people. I was like, just wait. Yeah. Just and, wait. There's going to be a payoff. Yep. <laughs> and I think this is just more um, uh, riffing, I guess, for lack of a better term, because yeah. like Thor Ragnarok is absolutely part of the MCU and absolutely not like any of the other movies mm-hmm. uh you know and we got um you know we 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 get different iterations of what marvel movies uh will look like can look like et cetera, et cetera. and so i think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how these all fit together because like i'm in for a buddy movie i'm in for a heist movie i'm in mm-hmm. for uh the you know we don't have a protagonist we just have two antagonists you know we're gonna take two wet cats and put them in a sack for eight episodes go that, um, sounds, that sounds like the new that sounds like the new loki show which by the way loki is the uh and i would totally watch that by the way kelly <laughs> loki is the show that i think comes after uh falcon and the snowman there I think that the Loki program is going to be um, Rosencrantz and Agent Coulson are dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's what I want it to be is just a show in the margins of the stuff that we already know. That would make me so happy. I'm a sucker for that story. Oh Uh, yeah. I, I always love that story. Like anything, every episode of Dr. Who that happens in the margins of known Mm -hmm. history and all of that. Like I love them because I love seeing, uh, someone else's take on it, you know, from the margins. And that's the thing that, so like, I want that from, from Loki because we know he's bouncing around all over the place. Mm. So I think that will be really fun when we get it. Um, but yeah, I want to watch uh, two cats in a sack. I mean, the Falcon and the snowman. I mean, the Falcon and the winter soldier, because that's it's a very, just... very different show than what we're getting. Yeah, yeah. How did they anywhere. approve that product name? Like, how did they approve that show name? <laughs> Well, are they assuming that everybody over the age of 40 will either be dead or in bed and not watching and so like the youngs can all have the show and be like oh and then like later when they stumble across the falcon and the snowman they can like photoshop sean penn's head onto the falcon's body <laughs> like is this where they're going with this it's just uh, you gotta believe that they understand that connection and it's done that way for a reason if nothing else to amuse them yeah, I mean, yeah. A, I mean, I think a lot of little details in these movies and shows mm-hmm. are just because Kevin uh, Fahey and his crew can sit back in a dark room and laugh their asses off. Oh and yeah, they're somebody like throw the money at this point while laughing their asses off. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's true. That, yeah, that amuses them because um, yeah. you couldn't. I mean, calling it Sam and Bucky mm-hmm. or The Adventures of Bucky and Sam would be a perfectly serviceable title for a television show. Yeah. But not when you've got the Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier. What I really want to show see, together, <laughs> honestly, now now that I've been introduced to Magnum PI, what I really wish they would have done is turned like Bucky into the new Magnum PI and had him just chilling on an <laughs> island in Hawaii and like occasionally, I mean, Van, Emily Van Camp and um, Anthony Mackie swooping by and they solve crimes. And it turns out that Nick Fury has retired and is now a fussy major domo at the cushy estate. And like, just, just something I funny like that. Yeah. Nick, Nick Fury <laughs> with two Doberman pinchers. The lads. He, no, yeah. I'm just. Actually, no, he'd have like two flurkins and he wouldn't be afraid to use Lisa, them. Lisa, you okay, just sent Kelly over the edge. Oh my God. <laughs> Wakanda PI. Uh, yeah, oh. Wakanda PI. Oh my no, it's just like, like um, how is that not I think how the is thing that is, thing? like I'll I'll be honest with you, I basically started watching WandaVision because I'm like, we're in month infinity of a pandemic <laughs> and um yeah. you know, there are some shows I still have too much self respect to watch, but of this one. Um and yeah. I need something new and this will be fun because it's something to look forward to every week instead of binging all at yeah. once. And um, I got sucked in because it's just so well done. I mean, I kind of want like the Marvel version of the Golden Girls. Um, and you know what? It could be, <laughs> it could be like four retired mutants. It could be like Storm and Lorna Jane and like maybe Jubilee. Um, and oh, let's see. Who else could we put in there? Um, um, I'm trying to think. Reed of Richards what... is off in an alternate universe. We get Sue Richards. It's her house. It's Sue's house. 
you know, yeah. I just. And what you just, two are not seeing is me nodding my head and going, vigorously, yeah, 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 there we go. <laughs> no, like I said, I feel like if you were to do the Fantastic Four, you basically re- relaunch it as a sort of This Is Us, where like there's a lot more focus on the family aspect of Fantastic Four, yeah. a whole lot less focus on Reed Richards' giant, terrible brain yes. and um, all of that. Like, yeah. the mistake is they keep trying to treat it like a workplace show with with family complications yeah. when it should actually this be This Is a Us with the Silver with. Surfer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get me. You get me. So. I do. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. So basically, anybody who's listened to this podcast, if you're a reality warping witch who'd like to use us for experimental television prototypes, feel free to slam us into a hex. Oh. Yeah, we, we're, we we're got, totally in for that. We got the ideas, evidently. <laughs> and, you know, on that note, um, we've made our wishes. We've talked about the rest of the slate real and imagined. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It seems appropriate for a show like WandaVision, which is always blurring the lines between reality and um, not and has us all questioning what's real and what's going on all the time. Let's call it a wrap on this episode. Any final thoughts from anybody before I say goodbye? I really have to go to the restroom. Okay. And on that note, I want to thank you all for listening. That was Don Melton, who's off to take care of business. Um, (laughs) Kelly Gamont will be off doing her own thing shortly. And I was Lisa Schmeiser. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Who's a popsicle?